liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Before I get into the show, I just wanted to thank you guys so much for sharing Liberty Lockdown with your family, friends, your enemies, whoever you're sharing it with. The episode with James Lindsay and Josie, uh, formerly TRHL, is about to break 20,000 listens, views, downloads, whatever you want to call it. And the episode with Laura Logan and Scott Horton is also about to break 20,000 views, listens, downloads. Uh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I only, I've only been on YouTube for a year, not even, or a little bit over a year. I haven't even been doing this show for two years. To be getting that kind of traction is nuts, and I couldn't have done it without you guys, so I just wanted to give my heartfelt thanks. If you guys enjoy what I'm doing, please, please, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and I will read it on next week's episode. Thank you. Let's get into the episode. Welcome, everybody, to a live stream edition of Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint Russell. And once again, I am joined by the legend, Dave Smith. Thank you for coming in, man. Oh, thank you, brother. Always good to talk to you, man. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think that the uh, latest unbelievable propagandist, uh, propagandistic push that we have right now is obviously uh, to get involved in Ukraine. Uh, I mean, we're already pretty deeply involved, and I don't like how we talk about as if we're not, you know, like we're we're arming these people, we're sending them billions of dollars. Uh, I'm I'm curious if you're as surprised as I am at how easily propagandized the American people are still after the two years of the most propagandist, like blatantly propagandistic time in my lifetime. Yeah, it's really something, right? It's really something like as as we're talking that there's like a new thing, you know, like you, you just can't even believe it. And this kind of um, the the unbelievable culture of conformity that's been built up. And I think this was kind of like the thing this kind of was underlying the whole covid, you know, insanity um, was just this culture of conformity. Like people will like to a level that's sickening out of like a, a novel, a dystopian novel or something like like people will actually mask up their three year olds to seem virtuous, like you know. Um, but this was also like a thread through all of kind of wokeism and and um, certainly through the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. And and it's just weird. It's it's very weird to see, um, you know, it's like what you you change your profile picture or your bio to like, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve. And then it's like, you know, stay home. Then it's a Black Lives Matter fist. Then it's an I got vaccinated thing, you know, and, and now the latest one is a Ukrainian flag. And it's very weird to see everybody just like, you know, this crazy hive mindset. Just, yep, that's it. We're all going to put up Ukrainian flags and talk about the people of Ukraine and all of this. Even the, even though the vast majority of these people, you know, know nothing about Ukraine, know nothing about the history. They didn't care about Ukraine the day before they were told to care about Ukraine. It's just um, it's bizarre and creepy. And, and particularly for, for libertarians, I think that, you know, if what we stand for is like critical thinking and individualism and all this, it's, it's hard to not look at something like this and go, yeah, this is this is not good. This is not healthy, this culture of conformity. Yeah. Well, I think what disturbs me most is that 
we're simultaneously realizing the nature and depth of the lies that they put us all through and we're buying the new one like yeah. how how can you at the same moment be realizing the depth of the deception and simultaneously be buying the next one i i just i can't believe it i genuinely can't believe it and and it's obvious that it's a it's a natural pivot as they're trying to give us an externalized enemy for us to not focus on the internal ones that ruined our lives for the past two years but i'm i'm blown away um i mean obviously it it's surprising that there's people broadly that are falling for this but the fact that there's any libertarians that are giving lip service to you know sanctions and things like that i i don't i can't believe it i like i cannot believe it yeah you know it's it's interesting too like it's it's kind of the, it's the same camp um yes it is who, so, you know i saw one of these uh libertarians um who i don't want to mention um but who kind of represents that camp said something the other day about how um you know he said like it was the same people who weren't concerned about covid are the same people who aren't concerned about russian aggression and it's like yeah that's right? right motherfucker i mean of course that's how we'd put it but yeah exactly the same people who didn't fall for the COVID propaganda are also not falling for the war propaganda and of course the same libertarians who were silent or complicit or supported the brutal totalitarian you know lockdowns and and, and all of the the mandates and people's lives being ruined by government force for not wanting to get vaccinated and all of this stuff. Um, the same people supporting that are, are marching right along with this. And what's and and you know for all the shit that kind of like our camp, you know the Mises Caucus, Mises Institute, you know type camp, the Ron Paulians and libertarians, for all the shit we get for like maybe some of our young bucks are like crass. And we'll say, and, and, and not to say that some of these, you know, criticisms are unfair. I mean, like there are, there are things that get tweeted out and shit like that, that you're like, oh, that was a little harsh or that was a little, that would miss the mark a little, or maybe you shouldn't go with someone like that. Fair enough. But man, one thing I love about our camp is they're like inoculated against the propaganda. Like they're the ones who right away are just like, nope, sorry, see through it. And another thing that I was thinking that I just find very interesting, too, is that we get this um, this accusation of being like uh, nationalists, like that, that you're kind of these right wing populist nationalist types, which I, I do not think is true. But that's that's like as if it's, it's such a dirty word. But then at the same time, if I sit here and go, which has basically been my position on, on the war in Ukraine the whole time, if I go like, well, look, I view uh, Putin, he's the head of a government. He runs a criminal organization. But I also look at the United States of America's government as a criminal organization. And so if there's this conflict between two criminal organizations, I can look at them and say, well, okay. I mean, okay, people in the United States government are accusing Vladimir Putin of committing war crimes. Okay, let's measure war crimes. Let's right. see who, I mean, look, I'm sorry, just objectively speaking, the United States of America's government is the greatest purveyor of violence in the world. There's there's no debate about that. This is like a factual statement. And, you know, it, what's funny is that then those same people who would claim that we are nationalists go, how can you even compare America to Russia? And you're like, <laughs> oh, so all of a sudden you now think that when the government here tells me that this government is the enemy, I must just talk about what a monster, what, what an imperialist Vladimir Putin is? You're like, well... He took Crimea. 
and now he's moved into Ukraine. Like, so, so he had like, what, a couple conflicts on bordering countries? Don't get me wrong, the war in Ukraine is horrible. And I don't know if we can get, if we have real numbers on the deaths, but like innocent people are dying. It's, it's horrific and inexcusable. But what you, you want to stack that up against the record of the government that that rules over me and, and steals half my income every year to, to fund the thing. Um, and, and also, of course, is largely responsible for creating the groundwork for this conflict. So it's just very bizarre to see this split. But of course, it's like, yeah, it's it's kind of a lot of it has been the whole, you know, kind of project of the Mises caucus is like, no, it's really necessary to have a libertarian party that actually represents what the vast majority of the liberty movement want it to represent. And right. whether we like it or not, the libertarian party does represent libertarianism to large chunks of the American people who don't even know the difference. They're just like, yeah, you're a libertarian. That's the libertarians. Right. Exactly. And so, you, you know, you realize you're like, man, you really don't want people like that telling you this is what a libertarian is. What a libertarian is, is as soon as CNN tells them to, you change your profile picture to the Ukrainian flag and you repeat the CIA propaganda verbatim without adding any of the context, like any of it, like the fact that America led a coup in Ukraine in 2014. Like the fact that the government that Vladimir Putin's invading right now was installed by the Obama Joe Biden administration. <laughs> is that is that not a relevant detail to this? As, that's as that's what aboutism, Dave. How could you bring that literally, up? Literally, that's what they'll say. That's what aboutism. I like you're like, dude. No, that's an important. Someone said um to me the other day that it's they go this is what aboutism, which I oh I just hate when grown me men use that word. Um, and it's never a good point. But he goes, oh, this is like if everyone's talking about, um, you know, how awful Charles, you know, uh, Manson is. And you start talking about how evil uh, uh, Ted Bundy is. And I was like, well, I mean, if there was a conflict building between Bundy and Manson <laughs> and Bundy was talking about how Manson's a killer and that's so horrible, it might be worth bringing up that like this guy's also a killer. Well, or what if, what if Manson had overthrown Ted Bundy's uh, <laughs> government? Then, then right. it might, might be relevant. Yeah, like what is And, and so you're going to listen to Joe Biden talk about how this was an unprovoked, you know, uh, um, uh, invasion. And you're like, unprovoked, dude? Like you, he was the Ukraine guy. Under the Obama administration, this was his thing. This is the reason why that Burisma company hired his son. It's because they were in tight with the old government who just got overthrown and they went, shit, we better get in with the new government. But instead of getting in with the new government, they just went right to the source. They were like, you know what's even better than that? Just get in with the Americans because that's who's really calling the shots over here. And it was for anyone who pushes back on that. I mean, it's like, look, you have to do a little bit of research, but... It was absolutely in a, a Western-backed coup that installed this government. You can listen to Victoria Newland on tape bragging about it while it's happening, bragging fuck about the, the money. Yeah, that's the, what she's right, right. About. Well, and and of course, the fuck the EU is what went viral about that. But that's not actually the most interesting part of that conversation. True. It's more her talking about who's going to be in the new government and who's not. Right. Like right as it's happening, and she also yeah, she gave talks this about Klitsch and and yeah. and like she she lays it all out. They she, I can't believe that they're that sloppy that they got caught with that too. Well, yeah, that's right. Well, I get, they didn't think anyone would hear that, but she also gave right. a speech where she knew people would hear it, where they were just talking about the billions of dollars that have been sent in and all this stuff. Look at the NGOs that were funded 
funding all of the the fighters including the the nazis that were involved right. in it it's they all love. george soros you know like like ngos and stuff like that and very western backed ones this was clear this was a clear like colored color coded revolution organized by the west and yeah and and then of course the weapons we've sent in not to mention the expansion of nato i mean there's like any any other country would see this as a provocation. So to, to pretend that it's not, I think, is is silly and dishonest. Yeah. Well, and if you're talking about, um, you know, whose hands are dirty and you're only going to bring up Russia and the United States, you should probably also bring up Ukraine. I mean, they, yeah. what they've been doing to their own people in the East is is pretty damn egregious for a long time. And, you know, libertarians weren't very outspoken about that while it was transpiring. And now they come out on the side of Zelensky, who's just like, this guy is, he's clearly uh, a shill. I mean, like, to me, he is. I, I don't know why I'm able to see it and, it, and it, and like you and other people can see that, like, this guy is doing the bidding of not his people, but rather either, I, I think he's personally trying to leverage his way into UN, into the UN. Um, what do you think he's doing here? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, it seems like that. Certainly, he's trying to court favor with the West, but I don't know how much choice he has. You know, True. I don't know if he if he really wants to have these Nazi, you know, uh, uh, elements in, in his fighting force, but I don't think he has a choice. I mean, I yeah. don't, you know, and um, yeah, and, and just to say, I mean, there, there were some great libertarians like Scott Horton's been talking about this forever. Of course. Scott Horton's brought this up on my show, you know, over the last uh, five years, but countless times and and the guys over at antiwar.com and stuff of course they've been talking all about this and and how this was a really dangerous game we were playing that might provoke a reaction out uh, of to, russia to clarify i meant the yes. lp types that now have the ukrainian flag right, exactly yeah, yeah yeah um but look i think that the um the ukraine is again it's it's a strange setup of a country where obviously there are these areas in the east that are very that are very much more sympathetic to Russia than they are to the West um, in in uh, the Donbass region and, and you know and they've proudly Russian yes really. and they've made this clear in referendums that they had in uh, 2015 and so that them being oppressed by the the Western part of Ukraine isn't exactly right and of course Russia invading the Western part of Ukraine is not right either. Um, so it's it's a kind of complicated mess of a situation. But if anyone, you know, the, the thing that's crazy to me also is that I've been criticized by some of these other libertarians for my, my position was that the, the number one I, I said, basically, and this seems so obvious to me from a libertarian point of view, or just any sane person's point of view, but like the number one and number two goals here are so obvious. Number one goal is avoid nuclear war. And that's like number one goal, like the number one priority in the history of humanity is like, <laughs> do not have U.S. and Russia go to nuclear war. Right. And right. then number two after that is end the bloodshed or reduce it as quickly and by as much as possible. And right. so I go, well, what's the way to do that? An aggressive diplom uh, diplomatic effort right now. That's it. It's like right now in front of the world stage, you need to offer Putin the following. Like, here's a treaty that says we will never bring Ukraine into, uh, you know, the the into NATO that we will, you know, we're even oh, willing to. like. Sorry, I said you and I met NATO. Earlier. Yes. Yeah, sure. But well, I think he wants both, to be honest. Yeah, but sure. Um, but, you know, he's say we'll never bring them into NATO. Uh, we, we, you know, maybe even like move some missiles back in, from Poland or something like that, whatever you got to do. But contingent on the immediate withdrawal. You have to immediately withdraw and we will end all sanctions. 
So we will promise you that you, do, you, you get at least what you claimed you wanted and it'll be beneficial for your economy. So you're double incentivized to save face in front of the world, but it's contingent on immediate withdrawal. And like, okay, let's see if we can make that deal happen. I, I don't know that that would work, but I think there's a really good chance that it would. Um, and so well, like- you Given have... that that was basically his ask a month ago or six right. weeks ago before this started, yeah, it's probably, it's probably doable. Yeah. And you'd actually, and look, even if he's not being completely honest, and there is some part of him that has this, like, you know, th this ambition of, like, you know, um, reincorporating uh, former Soviet countries into the, the Russian bloc or whatever, right. you know, his goal. But even if he did, it goes, well, we just called your bluff then, and now you're going to look pretty bad if you don't take exactly. it. So maybe that forces him, and the sanctions are certainly hurting his people a lot to me. And then I've got libertarians giving me shit for that. Oh, so you want to capitulate to him. So, so what are you supporting? They sound sanctions? like neocons. Yeah, sanctions and wars. That's that's your position on this. That's that 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 a government should what punish the people of Russia for what their government is doing. I thought you just said Putin's a dictator, right? Right. So so what's the, you're you're now all of a sudden they get punished um, for what their evil dictator has done, and also by the way punish the American people. Like who cares about that? Who really cares about the working class Americans who are going to suffer through all of this? So all of this again, it's just look. Like, I know how this stuff works. I've just, like, been around this game enough and seen the, the cyclical kind of repetition enough. It's like, yeah, they'll all admit this in six months. But right now, when the crisis is happening, they all fall in line. And, like, that's the thing that's frustrating is that it's like, it's like okay, so now this is just – look, my big thing here, and this is why I'm so all in on the Mises Caucus, is, like, my big thing is that if libertarians are going to make a difference here, we got to be – we have to stand up for liberty when it matters in these moments and it's like no matter how many times you run this again it's like they never learn this lesson that it's like don't you look don't you feel stupid now for supporting lockdowns no one supports lockdowns anymore even fauci doesn't support lockdowns anymore like even the biden administration they were blaming it on the trump administration like none of them support it anymore all those guys are like completely disgraced and so you're like, okay, so so just, be, you know, you know, they're not going to be supporting sanctions or war in six months. But right now, every, oh, the pressure's on, you're going to get called names. But that I can almost like, I, I can only, uh, I can almost like understand not wanting to be called the names, not having the courage to, uh, to say to tell the truth when it really matters. But to turn around and launch the same accusations against those of us who are willing to tell right. the truth, you know, to just become CNN neocon, you know, like regurgitating the same accusations that you're, what is it? Like, I mean, I've been, they've been telling me I'm an, I'm a Putin puppet. Like, yeah. I, I oh, have yeah. some love for Vladimir Putin. Like what? A toady. Just, it doesn't even make sense. Like, what do you, so, like, yeah, I'm just, oh man, I just really want like, a, like, an oligarch propped up war hawk like i couldn't find that here in america so i just had to really oh my god i love what vladimir putin has going on like what do you he's like he's like a, a weaker version of george w bush that's what i'm supposed to yeah or a stronger uh, version of donald trump i mean I, right. I, I i agree with you man i i've been i and i've been doing the same stuff that i did during lockdowns is when i see something that's obviously wrong I'm going to address it immediately. And I get the same pushback you do. You know, it, people are are saying, well, why aren't you talking about, you You know, the Ukrainians? And it's like, well, because everybody else is, you know, like I, my job right now is to try and message for peace. And and that's that's my highest priority of, you know, liberty is right there with it. But um, it's it's weird because the portrayal of this conflict is, is, is as if 
to the, some of these libertarians, the way they talk about it is like, these are the freedom fighters in Ukraine fighting for Ankapistan <laughs> versus Ukraine yeah. or versus Russia, who's totalitarian. And I'm just like, if you actually looked at the nature of these two governments prior to this conflict, they're not that different. Like they're both pretty strong men type ruler, not super free freedom oriented. And today he comes out and he bans all of the, the, uh, third party or any any opposition party in Ukraine and then he comes out and he says we're going to have uh all of the news stations all basically all of the channels converted into state tv and i'm like this is this is the side of ancapistan like what, right. what are we doing here well it's always so funny like the, the they'll be like well he invaded a democracy like we're supposed to pretend ukraine yeah. is some fucking like uh, first off i mean they overthrew with you know that not so much they but right. some of them the current government took the opportunity when the west helped them overthrow right. their democratically elected government way back in the year 2014 i mean like how how <laughs> many how years much, ago <laughs> how much democracy points do you get when you overthrew an elected government less than a decade ago and on top of that he's jailed um political opposition silenced political opposition and of yep. course the stuff you just mentioned now so it's like yeah no i'm not pretending russia is a free country but ukraine certainly isn't either and um Look, the thing about this, it's like, look, innocent people are dying and all of this, and it's horrible, and Putin's hands certainly aren't clean, but I really think there's, there's like, so much to the point you made that, like, the, I just don't think in moments like these, especially, like, if you understand anything about, um, it's not just the principle, that is part of it, but it's also, like, if you understand anything about, like, marketing or just being effective or, like, being an effective communicator that you go so you're like a tiny third party that gets like 1.5% of the vote in the last presidential election and there's really if there's like this narrative that's going on and then there's all this truth outside of the narrative it doesn't help you to just be like well let me just say i agree with the narrative it's like what right. you know it's like if ron paul got up in the um in the debates in in 2008 and he had his couple minutes to speak and he went, you know, I just want to say that Osama bin Laden is evil and 9-11 was wrong. <laughs> now, I mean, that's true. Of course. Both of those are true. But like, that's what you're getting. Like, you don't have any sense of like, um, and this always comes so naturally to me that it baffles me when other people don't have it. Like, people will me be too. like, you know, like, oh, David, like, how do you, how are you, how are you so good on like Kennedy and like on these SE Cup and these other shows? And it's like, I don't know, like, I got 30 seconds and there's all this fucking dope shit to say. So just say <laughs> some of it right now. And like, right. that's it. And you say the thing that nobody else is willing to say that's the most important truth. And that's like, that's what the message should be. You don't yep. get up there and go, let me just repeat what the last guy said and, and let you know that I am also with the program like what is what is this signaling there's so much important shit to be said and so like yeah yes it is true that osama bin laden was evil and 9 11 was horrific it also is true that you know you, your heart bleeds for the ukrainian people it's, right. I, I feel awful about what's happening to them but what's important to add to this conversation what we should be adding to this is that like we are opposed to this whole thing like you know i actually had other people and some of these guys are like i shouldn't pick on them because they're like these are really young new libertarians who just haven't like figured anything out yet which is fine we've all been there they, before and they weren't thought, around for the war on terror propaganda yeah, yeah and, and we were all there at one point where we were young and hadn't figured shit out and probably thought sure. we had figured out a lot more shit than we had but we'd be like i don't know what's the pro what's the libertarian problem with nato i've gotten this a few times and you're like 
oh, it's the libertarian problem with NATO. And they'll be like, oh, I mean, it's a voluntary organization. It's just a defensive pact. Between you're like, it is governments. A, it is a taxpayer-funded military <laughs> alliance. Like, what, what's the libertarian problem with this? And they'll be like, well, it's a defensive organization. Because tell that to Libya. Right. I don't think they felt too defensive. Tell tell Muammar Gaddafi how that's just those are just defensive <laughs> no fly zones up there. You know, letting these fucking Bin Ladenite terrorists anally rape you in the streets. That's all defense. Like, no, that is not what this is. Like, this is a, a, a military alliance largely backed by America, which, as I said, is the greatest purveyor of violence in the world, and is the is the most war happy country in the world certainly right now and over the last 20 years debatably a lot longer than that and so yeah like it, it that's just what it is and so yeah how would how would you if you were on the other side of that feel about this military alliance expanding right to your borders again this is it's the same thing where you go like this isn't a justification for what putin did but it right. certainly is an explanation for a exactly. large part of it and in the same way that ron paul wasn't justifying 9-11 and harry brown wasn't justifying 9-11 you know they were explaining it and that's the the other thing to libertarians it's like you go i think without a doubt the greatest two figures in the history of the libertarian party are ron paul and harry brown and so just think about what you're kind of throwing away if you go down this path You'd essentially be calling both of them, what, like, if, I mean, if I'm, me and you are like Putin, you know, supporters for this, then I guess they were Al-Qaeda supporters? Like, exactly. really? Because I, I was always under the impression they were just heroes who told the truth. <laughs> that, but I didn't realize liberty, you know. <laughs> well, that's how I remember them. But many of these people that we're talking about that are in the LP that are taking this stance are also the people that, that besmirch Ron Paul's good name when it comes to his heroic actions and and to your point about how this is like this comes naturally to you and it does to me as well um you're right though it is it is like marketing 101 you want to differentiate yourself you want to stand apart fortunately for you and i we don't have to say anything we don't believe to stand apart because the world is awash in fucking lies so yeah. just coming out and telling the truth when it's unpopular automatically sets you apart it, all it requires is the courage to do it in that moment and in my opinion a lot of these people really lack courage and i think yeah. it's i think it's tragic you know i think a lot of these people like like your point too is it's okay if they don't have the courage but just be quiet you know just don't don't shit on us that are standing up and doing the right thing but i think a lot of these people are just like you know if you can't handle the heat from a twitter post that goes south and people are upset with you how the fuck are you going to do anything in your life like it's yeah. just it's all electronic words that don't matter it's i think maybe this has to do with our generation being a little bit older and and not having the internet mean quite so much to us as it does to younger people i don't know if you have any thesis on that one yeah so i think i think there's definitely something to that i mean i think also and i think look this is pretty obvious with a lot of this stuff that there is um and i've, I've talked about this before with like michael malice um a, a bunch and I, it's just it's too hard to like ignore it but there is tremendous resentment against guys like us from the more establishment wing of libertarianism you know i've discovered that as of late <laughs> yeah you know whatever you want to call it you know i know like we call it kind of like the beltway libertarians or the regime libertarians and i know that's not what they would want to be called uh, but they call us a lot of stuff we don't really want to be called either. But so, but whatever you want to call that camp, you know what I mean? The kind of like the old guard of the LP 
um, the, uh, the, the Reason, Cato, like that whole camp. And this isn't universal. Like I get along with a lot of people at Reason and I, you know, like, and, and in the LP and even at Cato, there's some people I get along with really well. And I think they have some incredible foreign policy writers, uh, there. Um, but you do see this kind of like resentment where, and I, I do understand it to some level where it's like, you know, the, um, you know, I was, some guy uh, was talking to me on social media earlier today where he's like, you know, he's like. He told me uh, that he, he's been in the Libertarian Party for 40 years, and I haven't earned the right to say what needs to happen in the Libertarian Party. And, you know, you can kind of understand that from his sure. perspective. He and paid I his dues. Yeah, you know, I was like, I, I was kind of trying to be respectful of him, but I, you know, I was like, listen, and, and respectfully, I appreciate what you've done working for right. the party all this time, but I have the right to say whatever I want to about the Libertarian Party. And the fact that people are listening to me, that's just the reality of the situation. <laughs> and like that might that like I don't exactly know that that's fair. I don't know what to say. It's like, sure. I don't know. I've just fucking I give my opinions and I tell the truth as I see it. And a whole lot of people fucking like listening to me. So right. that's the market. You know what I mean? And you fucking worked in this organization and moved your way up and probably did a whole bunch of things that really sucked that I never did. And I just skipped right past all of that. Is that <laughs> fair exactly? I don't know. You know, but it is. I know that it is. And it is. so that's the reality that we're in now. And I'm not going to stop telling the truth because I feel like that's maybe unfair to you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just right. not, that's just the reality. So there's a lot of that. And you see this with, and then there's a lot of people specifically who, in my opinion, kind of started this war, but who were on the other side of the war against the Mises Caucus and, and lost. And all of them are just using this opportunity, I think, very, um, very intentionally and deliberately to be like, oh, I'm just going to score some points against you by launching all of the, the you right. know, CNN backed accusations against you. So there's some of that, too. Um, so, you know, there's just there, there's a lot of stuff going on. But if there is like the way I feel about it, it's not just like you said, like, well, we don't have bosses and we don't have like any we, we can say what we want to. We're in that position. But it's also just like that's who I am. Like, what would I, there'd be no point in me if I didn't say what I think when it really matters. I mean, and it's also, it's also the reason you don't have a boss is because yeah. you are that type of person that put yourself in that position, I would imagine. Yeah, I think so. And I, and, and I think that like, I, um, I, I think like my connection with my audience is like that they know that I'm telling them what I believe is the truth and that they know that I'll say that and that I'm not lying to them. I think right. there's something about that. And this is why Rogan is so huge. This is why there's like so like there's something about that connection. And that's my number one job is to like maintain that. that like that's our agreement in, in a sense. And that's yep. like I, I, I take that very seriously. I think it's um it's an implicit contract, you know, like that. That's the agreement I've made on my show and on all the any other show anytime I'm in front of a microphone is like that I'm not telling you I mean I'm either trying to be funny or I'm trying to tell you the truth that's always what I'm doing and if I'm if I'm if that's the case then everyone can tell the truth when it's easy and convenient to that doesn't there's no value there the only value is in moments like this and that's why you see me in moments like this always like blitzing like right. okay i'm gonna tell you the truth constantly right now i'm gonna beat you over the head with it while it's gonna get me called all these names and i'm also like i'm just i just happen to be built where like it, that doesn't bother me it, yeah. i kind of thrive on it like i don't it doesn't bother me like call me oh yeah okay all of them throw them at me oh yeah i'm a fucking 
I'm a transphobe for not supporting Ukraine or whatever. Sure. Well, it's it's That's the exact it. same it's the exact same stuff with like your your belief system is killing grandmothers. It's like well, I know that's not true. So it does, like if I thought it was true, it might impact me or might slow me down or it might make me second guess my view on things. But it's not true. And I know it's not true because I'm actually doing my homework, whereas maybe you aren't. I don't know. Um, so it doesn't take anything from me to speak out when it matters. And, and I think that the thing that's most important in all this is that it's not as if like this is just a minor issue that we're trying to be. Uh, contrarian on and we're trying to stand out or something like that this is nuclear fucking war like there's nothing bigger and and in my lifetime you know the only thing that even comes close to that is locking you know a third of the economy down for two fucking years yeah. like those those are the two biggest things so from my vantage point it doesn't require any courage it just requires you to be a libertarian to like actually be bothered by what's happening because you realize the gravity of the situation. So like put all the marketing shit aside and just, just be you just be right. honest to your nature and what you believe in. And if you believe in human Liberty and you believe in peace, then you are automatically against lockdowns. You are against world war three. Like, I don't know. It seems no, easy that's right. No, I think that's right. <laughs> and I think I think you could make like a logical argument that if you're a coward, then you better speak up now. Cause you got a lot more to fear if you don't. You know True. what I mean? It's like yeah. it's like that whole kind of like freedom versus safety dichotomy, which is kind of a false dichotomy. You know, they'll say like, oh, the average man prefers uh, that's the H.L. Mm -hmm. Mencken quote. The average man prefers, you know, uh, safety or security to, to liberty. And it's like, yeah, but the, the biggest threat to your safety and security is tyranny. Like that's you can you can that, that's actually like demonstrably, um, right. you know, empirically true. And so. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, if you care about safety and you care about, you know, if you're a coward and you're scared, it's like, well, you should speak up now because there's still, it's still relatively low stakes compared to what it could be if you mm -hmm. let this thing get out of control. Great and, point. um, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, like, look, it's, it's like I was saying before, I mean, if libertarians can't, if libertarians can't speak up when the government's saying you can't leave your house, then we really shouldn't even be here. Like we're really yeah, like, what exactly. are we doing? Then we just really disband are, the whole fucking we're, game. We're everything that our critics say. Then we're just LARPing. You know, it's like so if if that if you can't stand up for that and if you can't tell the truth right now, especially in a conflict like the one with Russia and Ukraine, where for the most part, this isn't true for all libertarians because a, a lot of them unfortunately haven't done their homework, which is mm -hmm. another thing that I've really been pushing libertarians to do for quite a while. Um, but this is the reason why, like, I have Scott Horton on my show more than anybody else and why it's, like, it's it's important to, like, you guys got to know this stuff. You can't just know that you're against war. Um, right. So Someone's asking if you could get Scott on JRE. I, let me answer this one. Dave has done everything in his power, and he will continue to do so. Everyone relax. I'm sure Scott will get his go at, at some Be point. Believe me, I understand why people ask the question, but it's the most frustrating question I get asked all the I know, time. Like, I know. This is why I gonna, answered it. As if you're going to ask that question, I go, oh, shit. <laughs> like I never thought about that. Maybe I should try to make that happen. Yes. Like, okay. Um, but, uh, but for the libertarians who have done their homework, it's like, it, we really got something that we know about this, that no one is telling the American people. No one is telling them like all of this stuff that led up to right. this war. They just don't know about that. And like, that's important information to have. And, and that's like, you know, it, it's like, okay, so you have something you can say here. It's like the same with like the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Like all people ever hear about this is that it's like, oh, I don't know, the Israelis just want to live their lives and these guys keep throwing rockets at them. So right. don't they have a right to defend themselves? And, and if that's all you hear, then it's pretty reasonable to go, yeah, shit. 
Of course they do. But then it's like, oh, well, there's actually a lot more to this story. And so here, again, there's actually a lot more to this story. There's a lot more. And it's also not a coincidence that this happened when Joe Biden, who was the point man for Ukraine under Obama's administration when they led, they led the coup, that this happened when he became president again. And when Kamala Harris went over to Europe and started talking about Ukraine joining NATO and all this shit. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not saying that that, like, 100% describes the reasoning for why it happened right now, but it's certainly part of it. And, it's relevant and, as hell. Yeah, yeah, like, to not... <laughs> To not mention that, you know, and again, it's just it's the same old Ron Paul exercise that that he used to talk about all the time. All you have to do here is just think about, like, what if this happened to you? What if the shoe was on the other foot? I mean, what if, you know, um, the, the Soviet Union never fell and the Soviet Union and the United States did. And now we're not the United States anymore. We're only like, you know, New York to Kansas. And we're called like mini America or whatever, you know, <laughs> and um, and then, the, uh, you know, um, whoever Gorbachev or whoever, you know, <laughs> overthrew the government in Cuba and propped up a pro-Soviet government. I mean, OK, there's already a pro-Soviet government, whatever, you know. OK, so there was a pro-Western. There was Batista. He overthrows Batista, props up the Castros and then puts nuclear weapons or whatever, you know, in, in OK, maybe they weren't nuclear in this case, but puts dual use rocket launchers that could put nuclear weapons, you know what I mean, in them and all this. I mean, what? How would we feel about that? Would and then and then if we were to go uh, uh, invade Cuba to overthrow this government, um, we'd go. This was an unprovoked attack. I mean, come yeah. on, like this is just silly. And there's also a lot of other stuff which I think, as you pointed out over the last couple of years, we should have a healthy skepticism about. I mean, some of the stuff with these bio labs and and other stuff does certainly seem a little bit shady. You know, they're <laughs> reporting that these were Soviet error uh, bio labs, and the Russians are going in there to get all the stuff. But it's like. But if they were Soviet era, wouldn't the Russians already have this stuff? Like, it just doesn't, it's not adding up what the official story is. No, it's not adding up. And you have, you know, Biden on video talking about uh, pulling a billion dollars from the old guard if they didn't fire that prosecutor that mm -hmm. was looking into the corruption and stuff like that. I mean, there's just so much to this that makes it messy. And, and again, not to come to a firm conclusion as to like what everything is happening exactly you know but just to point out like this is one of the rare moments where calling attention to the truth of a situation as best as you can do it can save billions of lives like theoretically yeah I yeah mean, that's right it's possible so like if you can't if you can't muster the courage when all it requires of you is to tell the truth and it can save humanity like <laughs> that, that is that's crazy to me. It's like it's such a such a great like the the reward to risk ratio is like infinity to zero. If you're at all concerned about losing some friends or something like that, like your priorities are fucked, man. Like you 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 and, and granted, it's a it's a small chance that we actually end up in nuclear war and I'm not trying to overplay it and god willing it doesn't come to that, but this is an opportunity for courage to save lives. Like that's that's yeah. all it requires. And and you know the fact that you've had so much success doing exactly that, just being courageous when it matters most. And yet this old guard who's so upset that you have you know jumped them in the line when it comes to influence and things like that. Hey guys, how about you fucking try it? How about mm -hmm. you try being courageous when it matters and see if you can get your own level of support and influence too.
Well, I think it's hard for the older guard. It's a it's a totally different thing for the younger guys. Um, right. But for the older guard, they bought in on, and I get. I think it's tough. It's kind of like this, um, you know, sunk cost type thing because they mm. just did it for so long that it just takes a lot to admit that you really wasted all of those years. But they pre way before Donald Trump and way before this kind of whole thing cracked up, they bought into, you know respectability and the only way to actually do something here is that you have to say something that wouldn't get you labeled all of the names by all of the establishment institutions you know which you could like there was a plausible argument to that in the year 2000 you know right. like it's like it made sense at one time now i i still wouldn't have agreed with it but it made there was an argument at one time to go yeah well look i mean okay mises institute you might have all these nice fucking lectures but cato is actually sitting down with the fed chairman you know right. like that's a whole different you know level of like access um but the problem is like what did that access ever get us other than like <laughs> exactly. okay so you you got worse and the fed also got worse like no one no one moved in a liberty direction there um and so you know but they but now they're like so still in that old mindset where it's like that's not what anyone wants and that's not what anyone wants from the alternative party or the, or the alternative movement and mm -hmm. i agree with you it's it's like i i think they um they should look at what's going on and realize that like, yeah, this is what this is what your your people want. And the, the truth is that this stuff just it's like, this has been one of the things that's been really interesting, um, particularly over the last like few years where I've really been all in in the Libertarian Party and, and in kind of engaged in this struggle to, um, you know, help the Mises caucus get over the hump. And it's really been going so well, yep. um, especially lately is like, really, we're coming into our time. Yep. And to, to, yeah, to, but to watch all these people, it's almost like they don't, they don't have another speed and their speed keeps fueling us more and more energy. And then they double down on that and that gives us more <laughs> energy. And then they double down on that and that gives us more energy. Like I'm blown away that like, um, I'm truly flabbergasted that forget even like the, if we have differences on, on the merits of the arguments that just for strategic purposes, they wouldn't go, I better not do this anymore because this right. always seems to just help them more. And since they they seem to think this is such an important fight, you're like, maybe I shouldn't go about it this way because it's clearly losing. Um, mm -hmm. But they just, they have no other speed. It's like, this is just what they do and it's all they know. And so it's kind of like, okay. You should, give, you should give a speech at one of the LP conventions where it's like, it's titled like... Uh, get with the program grandpa and then you just all you do is show clips from legion of skanks and you'd be like this is the gun and, gun in the butt challenge see i'm still respected it doesn't matter you can say some crazy shit okay but it but it really is like a thing like it's like no like i don't know i just think like i've existed in this world too and i think all your outrage is phony and i think that people like comedy like and i think like most people don't want like woke scolds going over all of their comedy it's, exactly the, one of the things that's so strange to me and this is this is way bigger than libertarianism in general it's just so strange about wokeism and which is of course has affected the libertarian movement to some degree um even though we're routing a lot of that out right now um but it's really infected everything in our mm -hmm. society but what's Big so fun. bizarre is that it's like it's almost like if you if you were like going back to like the culture of the 1950s 
in America and you tried this shit, you could almost understand some of it. I mean, not like with the, you know, in some aspects, I'd be like trans, what, you know, or, but, <laughs> but if you were like, I am so offended by what someone said, you could kind of see them being like, yes, that's indecent. Like decent people don't talk that way or something, but mm -hmm. you're talking about a generation that was raised on like Howard Stern and South Park and Jerry Springer and Hooters and like, you know what I mean? Just like the, the culture, like what? And then they'll be like, I don't know where this offensive joke came from. And you're like, what the fuck do you mean you don't know where this came from? <laughs> have you not, have you not taken a look around the culture that's been existing for the last 40 years in the, in this country? Like, of, of course, this is, this is what it is. And, and a lot of times, like I do wish like for myself and for the rest of the, our whole camp in, in libertarianism, like I wish like, I, I wish we had more Ron Paul and Harry Brown in us. I think we should aspire to that. I think we should all be like gentlemen, you know? And I, I, I know that you're, you have this thing in you too. Cause I see you like whenever you have like your, you'll do those shows with like, you know, people who are critics or, or whatever. And you're always right. super respectful and kind to them. And you, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're not, yeah. you're never shitty, but then you also go do tower power and you're like, yeah, but this is just so much fun to me. I don't know. And that's, I have like that same thing in me. Like, it's like, I don't know. I just like, I think all that shit's really funny. Cause that's the culture I was brought up in. But I also really admire guys like Ron Paul for being the perfect gentleman all the time. And just like a guy who you feel like never even said a curse word in private, you know, and like, I, I just like, so yeah, I wish we were all kind of from a older, better generation, but don't act like you're shocked by it. You right. know, like it don't and um, yeah, anyway. Well, and I think I think that there's something to be said for, you know, taking the best from each generation. I think that what made the the older guard the best was that they were they had that that capacity for chivalry and um, kind of a stoic silence almost where they they just kind of they weathered so much and they yeah. were kind of quiet and they you know they had a strength to them that that I think the younger generation doesn't have. But then I think that the '90s kids like us we have um, an affinity for kind of raucous humor and and pushing boundaries and i think that there's value in that i mean that i think that that that's what pr pushes ideas and it, it, technology all sorts of things i mean a lot of the the blessings of the internet are a product of kids from the 90s that are willing to think outside the box and and do and say things that aren't allowed and then i think that there's even value in the younger generation that is so concerned with um you know inclusion and looking after other people but it doesn't mean that like one of those things is definitively wrong and the other side is definitively right. It's like, it's like, there's, if you, if you're a well-rounded person, you should be able to see the value in these things. And and yeah. I think that's why when I have on antagonistic guests, um, I think it's best to approach them with kindness. And ultimately that's who I am. You know, I'm not putting on, like, I like to try and have good relations with people. Now, I haven't been fortunate enough to have that with everybody. And some of my detractors have been really fucking crazy. And I've had to like, um, you know, show my, my more fierce side, which also exists, but I don't know. I don't even know where I'm going with this. I, no, I, just I think agree, that, but I think that's, you know. I think that's true. I think that's a good way, a good way to look at it and taking the best from these different generations. I don't know. Sometimes with like, um, the, the younger, um, guys, it's like, I have seen people who have like, um, just a, like, like the 20 somethings, you know, who have like just a, a sprinkle of the woke 
stuff right, in them. Right. Like they don't have all of it, but the sprinkle is kind of okay. Like it's yeah. not so bad. Like they're like, they're like, hey guys, yeah, 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 this joke was funny, but let's just like make it really clear that we don't actually hate anyone while <laughs> right, we tell this right. joke. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like it's like okay, I it can comes get from that. A good place. You know, and, and like yeah, I can I can get that. But man, like when people are uh, are really poisoned with it, it's just. It's really rough. Like it's it's oh, really yeah. hard. It's it's like um, I'm not talking about those people. <laughs> no, of course not. But like it really is something like you know. And I know there are there are have been a whole bunch already like that. Um, of like the uh, the real young woke kids in the Libertarian Party who have left already. And there'll probably be a few more of them who leave as the sure. the writing on the wall becomes more and more you know easily read. Um. And I just, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's bad. I think it's like, maybe you guys just got to go somewhere else and maybe life will bring you back over to us. And that's, that's what I hope. And I root for, but it is just like, it's unbelievable what a poison that shit is. Like, it's just, you know, I find it even like when I'm in, I've been posting a little bit on Facebook, which I never use Facebook, but I went into this uh, Libertarian Party discussion group, and you'll almost have like, it's like a lot of Mises people, a lot of non-Mises people, a lot of critics, just a whole group of Libertarians, and you'll almost have these like, you know, threads where even when people are arguing, they're having like kind of serious arguments. Like everyone's like, well, here's the problem with the Mises caucus. And well, here's the reason why we need the Mises caucus. And here's this. And there's all these like kind of, and then just one person kind of in there like, well, transphobia is out of control and blah, blah, blah. And it's just so derailing to like the right. entire, like the, 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 the capacity to obsess over unimportant things and make them priority number one. Like, as you said, as we face down nuclear war and Western civilization being succumbed by a totalitarian movement, you still want to talk about like whatever the, 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 you know, woke issue is. There was an offensive tweet somewhere. Like, I don't fucking care. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I don't fucking care. I don't even really care about the other fucking tweets on the other side. Like, yeah, Nevada used to tweet all this fucking shit about Ron Paul. That was horrible. So we worked really hard in the Mises caucus, took it over. That'll never happen again. Okay, who fucking cares? How many times have you heard me bring this up? Like, who cares? We're like, yeah, it's just not like a thing. Like, I fucking thought Texas's tweet the other day was kind of silly, but whatever. I'm not going to go do a podcast on it because there's a fucking war on. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, what, what are we talking well, about here? And, and also, like, a good example, too, to me is the, the don't say gay bill in, in Florida. Like, to me, yes, I agree with the bill that you probably shouldn't be teaching kids that type of stuff at that age. But ultimately, you're not seeing me message about it right now because I'm right. capable of triage. You know, like, I realize yeah. what matters most in this moment. And, well, long term. Maybe that's a very, very important issue. But in this moment, my entire focus is on yeah. preventing World War Three. Well, like, there's that's also my focus. the stuff with that that's so frustrating to me too is that it seems it just it's so intentionally dishonest. Like because they will oh, almost say they'll say this thing like there's a there's a don't say gay bill where the government has just demanded you cannot utter the word gay and you're like okay <laughs> if if that were the case. That would be a pretty big deal. Okay, yeah, that would be a pretty big deal that. if you were just out there, you know, you're like out at a bar and someone's just like, ah, so this gay guy comes he's like in cuffs all of a sudden. You're like, oh, shit, <laughs> I said gay. The government has become this totalitarian. That, that there's a word. I would be talking you about that. Yeah. Okay, then that would be a big deal. But then you look into it and you're like, the bill isn't anything like that. It's just like, hey, don't fucking teach sex education to like kindergartners. Like that's like what the bill actually says. And you're like, oh, that. 
is totally reasonable. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> that is completely reasonable. I had someone um, the other day uh, said to me, or as earlier today online said, they were like, well, do you have anything to say about, you know, the, the violation of uh, trans rights going on in Texas right now? And I was like, well, what, what's happening in Texas? And they said, um, they go, well, the government just decided that trans people can't live their lives the way they want to. And I was like, well, what? What is the like? What's the specific bill? Because I see these things misrepresented so much. Was that and and the bill is saying that minors can't get gender reassignment surgery or have hormone therapy, right. and I'm like, ah, yeah, dude, I that's just pretty reasonable. I don't know what to say. It's like and you say, oh, this is a violation of rights. I mean, we're talking about children. There's lots of rights that we don't allow children to have. As a society. you know, children can't right. drive, they can't own a gun, they can't fuck, they can't do lots of things, they can't drink, they can't smoke, they can't like. So, is it if we're gonna allow them, not allow them to do all the, the of those other things, or you say that they can't do this permanent, irreversible surgery? I mean, like this is that, where that, this is where we draw the and, line, Dave. They and, have to be able to get their private parts removed. I'm sorry. Again, again, right. So it's just like, come on, man. And this isn't like a right-wing perspective on things. This is like an everybody perspective before the last five minutes. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so I just don't, I don't, so at least like, it's like if you start by just calling it what it is, you realize how insignificant this issue really is. So you have to kind of build it up to be this this grander thing. But yeah, anyway, all of this is just, po it's poisonous that I'm even talking about this with you I right know. now. It's like, I, know. I just, I want to fucking talk about what matters and that's what I'm going to do. And that's like, yep. what, like, um, and I think that's part of the reason why those guys leaving the party is not necessarily the worst thing. I don't, my goal is never for people to leave. I want people to join. That's what I've been pushing for, for, for quite a while with a good amount of success. Um, but, but that, if that's what you're all about, then okay, maybe it does need to be known that this isn't the home for you. And yeah. I'll tell you, there's, there's a whole bunch of people in the Liberty movement who like, as soon as they know it's not the home for those guys, they're like, oh, then maybe it's the home for me. Exactly. And so I'd kind of rather go after those people. Yeah, because they they focus on the bigger issues that, that we are locked in on, too. And I think I think that what's been interesting about your career arc is that I I don't know if you view it this way, but it certainly seems to me that your your job, whether you like it or not, it has been to kind of help with narrative control, like where you you're kind of talking about what matters and what doesn't. And like keeping people on track. And I know that that seems like kind of a, a minor thing for you and I, because we like we we agree and we align with seeing the same issues pretty much at the exact same time as to what what matters and what doesn't. But when you're dealing with libertarians, because they are it is like herding stray cats. There is value to that. Like yeah. it, there's value to having someone who says, hey, guys, um, real big shit happening over here. I don't know how I don't know why it's necessary. But the, apparently it is. So no, I'm, I'm well, grateful for you doing it is what I'm trying to say. Well, thank you. And and I am aware of that. And I've I've said for a long time, and this was kind of like outside the even the Libertarian Party, you know, project that I'm I'm in now, but really just like my whole like career as a libertarian. It's like if there's one thing that um that I am determined to do. Like, that is my goal. Like, my goal as a comedian is to be funny. You know what I mean? And, like, to make people laugh and give people entertainment. But as a libertarian, my goal is to insist, to use a non-libertarian word, to force 
the American people to when they think of libertarianism, I insist that they think about Ron Paul type shit. Like when they think about libertarianism, you think about the people who oppose the wars, who oppose the COVID restrictions, who oppose the lockdowns, who oppose the destruction of our currency, who oppose the debt, who who oppose the mass incarceration and the police state and the spying apparatus, the people who warned you about all of that and were right about all of it, the people who were right about all of the most important shit that's destroying the country. That's what libertarian means. And they, like libertarian doesn't mean Aleppo or you must be actively anti-racist or whatever the fuck else people might be thinking about it. Like I insist that's like this is what it is. And that's kind of my whole project. I think just that in itself to me is valuable. And I there was a moment that fucking literally like one of the most the proudest moments I think of my career was I wasn't involved in, but it was a. Uh, on Rogan's show, um, like a few weeks back, uh, Ben Burgess was on, um, who I've had on my show several times. I've been on his show, and we debated um, on on my show and and stuff. And I moderated a debate between him and Gene Epstein, and then we've and then I interviewed him about his book, which I really liked a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And we have like a good relationship. Ben's a good dude, you know. We we disagree on a lot, but he's a good dude, and um, he's a democratic socialist. A real, a real lefty, but like a, a, a real old school lefty, like actually right. cares about like the working class and shit like that, you know. Um, and Wrong he was about on all of the solutions, but he does care. I can tell. Yes, yes, and <laughs> and good on good on foreign policy, good on drugs, yeah, oh, good yeah, on yeah. good on the stuff you'd expect an old school leftist to be good on. Um, and uh, so he was on Rogan's podcast, and I came up, and I and I forget exactly how I came up, but I came up, and they were talking about me, and he goes. At one point, he goes, you know, one thing I got to say about Dave that I really got to give him credit for is like uh, there's a lot of these libertarians who say they're like against the state. But what seems to really get them worked up is like tax rates or regulations or, you know, how this big corporation is being screwed because they could create more jobs if they weren't (laughs) being screwed. And he goes, but what gets Dave going is war. Dave's just so against war. And Rogan was like, that's what Dave hates. Dave hates war. (laughs) And then Rogan goes, he goes, no, Dave's a real humanitarian. And that's why he's a libertarian. And then Ben Burgess is like, yeah, libertarian hates war. And the whole conversation is like libertarian against war, libertarian against war, against war, libertarian, libertarian Uh... against war. And it's like, yep, that's it. That's what I want, to shift the narrative, to be like, that's what the story is. The story is that libertarians hate the government because the government destroys innocent people's lives. That's why we hate them. Not because I I wish I paid less taxes, although I wish I paid less taxes. (laughs) But the reason I'm a libertarian is not because I paid too many taxes. The reason I'm a libertarian is because my taxes are funding a genocide in Yemen. That's why. Like, that's the whole game. And so, like... And, and I've, for whatever reason, you know, I'm in this position now where I can actually move the needle on what right. that, that, that narrative is. So fuck, what am I going to not do that when I can yeah. do it? You know? Hell yeah, man. I got, I got pumped when you were like recounting all of the ways in which Ron, Col- Ron Paul's legacy should be, um, what people think of when it comes to libertarian. I, I think that's why I'm here too, is like, that's, that's the inspiration I have. Anyways, now that, now that we've just talked about how we don't care about money, uh, I'm going to shift to talking about money and, and the, the death of fiat globally. It seems to me that there's a, a fair argument to be had that the great reset may, may perhaps 
be a euphemism for the death of fiat globally and a shift to central bank digital currencies. Uh, have you given that thought? I, I'd imagine so. And yeah, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, I think what's really interesting lately, which is certainly was not the plan of the Great Reset, but it might be the end of the dollar reserve standard, yes. which I, I really think I've never really seen so like such a plausible chance that that oh, could yeah. stop where you see these reports about the Saudis talking about with the Chinese about moving off of the dollar reserve, yep. which is really something for how much we've propped up that Saudi government that they would stab us right in the back oh, after that. Right? As soon like, as we're really, weak, they're just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, but and India, too. Yeah, India is buying right. all the oil from Russia. I mean, that, this is everyone's turning. Basically, this is a different thing. And, and you know, it's 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 always part of the human condition because we're we're made to adapt to get used to your environment and to be that we know how to live in this environment so you just think well yeah what's this isn't going anywhere but you think about this it's like dude america's going all in on this this you know propaganda campaign right now at her weakest I mean, her weakest in probably over a hundred years, you know, with this senile old man leading us around while we've been just, you know, we must be looking like buffoons to the entire world for the last two years and all of this stuff. And, and yeah, no, this is a moment when a lot of other people can start talking and go, look, they're weak. What are they going to do? They're, they're, what are they going to start another war? They've been at war after war after war for the last 20 years and they've lost every one of them. What are we yep. so scared of here? You know, like it's and and yeah, we got nukes and shit, but so do a lot of these other countries. Yep. India's got nukes, Russia's got nukes, China's got nukes. You know, like it's not like we're like the it, there's a whole new paradigm here. So I think there's real possibilities for that. And you know, I don't know. I'm far from the expert in it, but there is no question that there has been a major push um, from central banks across the West to start adopting some type of cryptocurrency. Now, what that means exactly, sure ain't nothing good. Yes, um, and so exactly. I, I don't know exactly where this is all going to go, but the idea, it's almost like, um, um, what are they fucking, it's like bizarro uh, Bitcoin or something. Yeah, it's, right, it's, right, like, right. it's like, yeah, Bitcoin, but the idea is you can always be traced, you know, like <laughs> a, a cryptocurrency, but we always know exactly where it is. A cryptocurrency, but we can turn it off anytime we want to turn it off. And so I, yeah, I mean, that's, it's a very scary, uh, very scary prospect. And again, like, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, like kind of the thing about this culture of conformity, uh, this isn't just organic, like this has been manufactured in a lot of ways. And I think that a lot of what the COVID regime really did represent was a social credit system. You know, that like, well, if you do this, if you stay home, you get credit. If you get vaxxed, you get credit. If you get boosted, yep. you get credit. You get all these things. And and there were the rewards along with it, right? You get money. Um, or the vaccine. Sometimes you got you cheeseburgers. Can, yeah, you get cheeseburgers. <laughs> you can eat in a restaurant. You can keep your job. You know, all these right. like rewards. And, and the idea of government running a digital currency really <sighs> seems to be right in line with that. Like now you do the right things. And especially the stuff that was going on in Canada with those protests. Oh, you do the wrong thing. We take your money. You do the right thing, you can keep your money. Yep. Seems like real a real way to control a society. It's that's well, very scary. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of narrative control. Um, sure. I'm sure you'll be doing <laughs> it too. But uh, people need to to view the CBDC rollout with the same level of gravity that they did lockdowns because it's the same thing. I mean, if you if you have that system set up where they can basically dictate what you can and can't buy. Well, that's the same thing as lockdowns because then they can dictate 
who you can and can't hire, where you can and can't go. All of this stuff is tied together in a way that we now know that they're willing. They are willing to lock us down. If you think that the CBDC isn't going to be um, another mechanism for enforcement of that, you're out of your mind. Like, And this is where the conspiracy theorist libertarian mindset has value. Like, We were talking about this for a while now, and, and because the lockdowns kind of lifted the veil on the nature and the willingness of the government to infringe on our rights in a very grand scale that I think even the most conspiratorial libertarian kind of didn't really fully believe, now we know it. So uh, with the CBDC rollout, I really hope that the libertarians that are listening right now, you guys are locked in on this and that like this is our opportunity to, to really, again, save humanity. Like if this, if this gets rolled out in full and they replace paper fiat with digital fiat, it's pretty much game over. Like I, there'd be black markets, there'd be agorism still and stuff like that, but it's going to be hell. So I yeah. really hope people are locked in on it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that's very well said. You're our new narrative control guy, Clint. <laughs> Pass the torch. No, no, I don't want I don't want the torch. Uh, <laughs> Top Lobster did the thumbnail on this, so I wanted to thank him. Uh, he says the thumbnail is misleading. It sh- it's draws you totally it was, shredded. I, I saw it. I thought I thought it was, it was a photo. Accurate. I thought, I thought it was a photo, so. I thought that I was just, I was just looking at the screen of the conversation. I didn't even know. Yeah, right. Um, seemed good um, to me. So the, uh, and I know we don't like talking about the bad things, but, um, you know, LP Texas has come out with the standard wokeisms with uh, trans- transgender rights or human rights. And, and apparently it's got like 30 plus thousand likes on it, which yeah. I don't know. I don't understand how stuff like that happens, like where you get some milk toast, obvious virtue signaling message, and it does that kind of virality. But it did. And uh, and they were talking about how this is the most viral tweet in the history of the LP. And I was and uh, Toad actually pointed out that you had a tweet that went far, far bigger. And I think it was talking. I don't know if it was about the lockdowns. What, the one that had like 45, 50,000. Yeah, it was likes. about the vaccine man, uh, the vaccine passports. Yes, there you go. Um, which ties in. Yeah, I mean, the they're they both got a lot of traction you know mine <laughs> said something libertarian and important but they both got a lot of people to click like on them so i don't know well, whatever i mean you know look it's the thing about it is is that even if you want to make the argument that like trans rights are human rights is a libertarian you know statement it, almost no one in the general public would read it that way that would just sound like something a left winger would say like that just sounds like a standard boiler it sounds like something kamala harris would say you know what i mean so like it's not i think she did nothing yeah like so <laughs> so there's nothing about that that makes you go huh oh wow these libertarians actually got something to say this is this is a problem again that i've addressed a lot of times it's like um this is um you don't and this was a big part of my criticism of the the joe jorgensen black lives matter strategy right it's like the strategy should never be to convince them that we're one of them the strategy exactly. should be to convince them that they need to be one of us. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, it's like, so, so what do you want? You want to just convince them, oh, oh, look at that. The libertarians believe trans rights are, are human rights. It's like, okay, now tell them about where you are in healthcare, Right? Oh, okay, they're going to be out right away. Because yeah. they're, you didn't, you didn't they're convince gone. them to be a libertarian. And, and, so, and the problem with the, the phrase trans rights is like, it really is not. And as much as like, the funny thing is, like, I think a lot of people in our camp really reject wokeism and one of the rules of wokeism is that you can't make jokes about certain topics and you can't say certain things that are off limits and so as like a fuck you to all that we'll make all the jokes that are off limits and say all the things you're not allowed to say but 
the the truth is that I don't know one person in our world, I don't think there's a single one who does not believe that transgender people should have all of the same rights that everybody else has. I I, I don't know one. Now, maybe there is one out there, but I'm sure if there's it is, some, it's like yeah. one. You know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> none of the people you know of, like none of them believe that. None of the people on Tower Power believe that. No. None of the people in the Mises Caucus believe that. None of the people like in, in the Mises Institute believe that. None of them. They all believe that, like, yeah, all people have natural rights. It's it's a universal theory, even though, of course, it requires local enforcement. It's a universal theory. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem with using the phrase trans rights without explaining anything after that or, like, you know, is that in the same way that, like, I, look, I would have no problem saying I believe in gun rights. Because if you say you believe in gun rights, no one thinks that what I mean by that is that the government should buy you a gun or that, you know what I mean? Like what everyone knows that means is that you have a right to go out and buy a gun and no one should stand in your way for that. There shouldn't be restrictions from the government on that. I would not say I believe that healthcare and housing is a human right, even though I do, because when you say that, what most people think you mean is that is some lefty shit. You mean that the government should provide it with you. So there's, these phrases are loaded and and trans rights to uh, somewhere in the ballpark of 99.9% of the people who use it means positive rights. It does not mean rights from the libertarian conception of of the, the concept of rights. Uh, right. That's just a fact. And if you start talking about this with anybody who's who's you know pushing trans rights outside of the you know the tiny sliver in the libertarian party, They'll all tell you this right away. Well, what do they mean by that? Oh, well, right away, they mean anti-discrimination laws. Well, right away, they mean this. They mean that. They mean all types of things that libertarians don't stand for. So I just, to say something that sounds just like what the woke left says, that most people will take as something that isn't actually what we stand for, that is kind of empty and kind of just virtue signaling, I just, I don't, like, it doesn't matter like, how many why? likes that gets. You right. know what I mean? It's like... It's like if I if I were to just tweet "Make America Great Again," and it got like fifty thousand likes. Are you like it wow? Probably, it would get a lot. Yeah, like wow, what a great libertarian Dave is, right? It's like right. no, I didn't do anything. I just convinced them I was one of them. Exactly. I didn't give them any reason to think they should be one of of us, and yeah. and they're gonna find out pretty quickly that I'm not one of them, and then they're gonna be pissed off at me. It's like so, <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of how I feel about this. Now, of course, what all of the this was so poisonous about the woke mind. Is even if I explain all of that, all they hear is like, Dave has a problem with trans rights. I know. I and then reduce it down to that. But it's like, dude, if libertarians are going to be that fucking dumb, then we have no hope anyway. So, like, can we, aren't we supposed to be a little bit, like, more thoughtful well, than that? This, I, I don't this know. is actually why I brought it up. Well, first off, I wanted to give a plug to uh, Mises Caucus, Texas, where you and I will both be speaking live. So that'll be amazing. That's in uh, April. So everybody come out to that. I want I want to see like triple the amount of people at the Mises, Mises Caucus talk. Hell yeah. Even I, as you see at LP Texas after their messaging today. <laughs> um, but but the, the real reason I wanted to bring it up is is not even to so much chastise them because they're some sort of woke marketing thing. I don't I don't really care about them. What bothers me is that this is a mechanism for control. And I don't know how people don't see it still, but the entire woke thing is about cowing us. 
It's about yep. keeping us from being courageous and telling the truth when it matters, which is what this entire episode has been about, basically, is that that's what we're talking about, is having courage, telling the truth when it matters most, which is right fucking now. That's what wokeism is really about. It's about being able to criticize people with these broad-based blanket statements that mean nothing, like white supremacist or alt-right, all these things that they've been doing, and they will do to us more and more aggressively as we grow in power and uh and purpose like they're gonna do it so if you're not if you're not capable of like messaging in a non-woke way you're certainly gonna cave when the mob comes for you and, yeah. and i think that that's that's the main and, reason i wanted to bring it up no and and i agree i think there's that and then on top of that i also think there's there's another element to it which is that it's like look you're signaling something when when you say that type of, of stuff and what you're signaling is that it like um that a, a certain type of view must be accepted in order to be a libertarian and that's not simply that all people have natural rights like it's not the same thing to say trans rights are human rights is not the same thing as saying like hey whatever you think about trans people you may believe that you can't change your your gender but you still have to agree to not initiate violence against those people now that's a different right. thing that's a completely reasonable thing to be the libertarian you know like mantra but when you say trans rights are human rights you're signaling that you must conform to this in order to be here in our, our party and this is one of the things that i actually think is projected a lot on the mises caucus that is not accurate about us we have lots of people in our caucus who are more culturally left-leaning than yep. right-wing lots of them and uh, they feel right at home. We don't hate that. We don't care if you're gay or straight. And we don't care nope. if you're fucking, you know, like if you go out and party and or you smoke weed or you don't. Or if you go to church every Sunday and you're a family man. Like, like all of that is great. I might personally have a little bit more respect for the latter. But like, whatever. That's But, but I also used to be the former. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not like, I don't hate any of those groups of people. But there is, on the other side, there are a lot of people who it's almost like, well, if you don't accept... That a, that a trans woman is a woman, then we don't want you in this club. Right. And I think that's incredibly stupid on top of being everything you just said, like this kind of like, like the truth is that the vast majority of people, whether they publicly admit it or not, think a lot of this shit is crazy. They think it's yeah. crazy when they see a man swimming with a bunch of girls beating all of them and setting records like they just think that's fucking insane because it is it's insane <laughs> and like if, again it's the thing you were saying before like if we don't have the courage to say that then like come on what are we doing here like what like oh I'm, i have to worry about sensitivity over telling the truth like yeah. biology exists and you may not like that and you may want to live a certain way go live however you want to live but it still exists you didn't just yeah. change the and i'm not going to participate in the delusion and, that you did change biology and, and for so, the record leah thomas i would i would absolutely treat her and call her by whatever pronoun she wants sure. i don't care i would and i would, would have be shitty to her don't be shitty to people yeah but like, when she gets in that pool with a bunch of girls that train their whole life to try and swim their hearts out to win a you know a college championship yeah, I'm going to boo, okay? Because yeah, it's, that's it's, it's ridiculous. Up. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and so it's just there is this signal in that that you must comply to all of these kind of like 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 these cultural um views that are completely outside the scope of libertarianism. Like it's completely outside the scope of libertarianism whether you believe people can change their gender or not. Like that that has nothing to do with libertarianism. It has nothing to do with libertarianism whether you like offensive jokes or don't like offensive jokes. It has nothing to do but why I don't think there's any reason why we should signal that 
all of those people like, you know, you clearly will be turned off by that message, right? So why, why are we doing that? And the truth is that, again, if we just understand this, you know, it's not just my preferences, although it, I, I will acknowledge it is partly to do with my preferences. But like, it's also the fact that I think there's there's real merit to the point that if we are this dissident group, uh, we're more likely to attract people who are fed up with the dominant narrative, not people who love the dominant narrative. I mean, if right. you love that type of language, like you're right at home in fucking, you know what I mean? The establishment, you're not coming over. You're not interested in revolution if you're yep. thrilled with the cultural norms of well, the regime. And, and also what, what's special about those people, the people that have already had the scales drop from their eye and, and are seeing the world for what it is, they're looking for a new home. Those are, it's like, it's like if you're a real estate agent, do you, do you market to people who just bought a house or do you market to people who just sold theirs? You market yeah. to people who just sold theirs. Exactly. You know? And and think about it like this too. I mean, like what, like this shit isn't popular. And I know it gets a lot of tweets, I, I, a lot of retweets or whatever. I understand that. But like, it's not popular in the sense that like the... It's, it takes no effort to just hit the like button on the thing that sounds like the nice, you know, but when you see that, like the woke mobs are always, who are they going after? They're going after Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson and like, oh, it's the most popular shows. The most popular right. people are the ones who they hate, the ones who the people love. That's who they hate. And there's a reason why you, it requires HR departments and government policy to enforce these things because most people don't want to be this way. So why don't we like you know like there's a different again I'll, I'll concede this is all outside the scope of libertarianism but there's a different spirit of freedom that i think we should probably stand for and that spirit to me would be something like it'd be like hey look you can believe a trans woman is a woman or you can believe that that's just a man in a dress i don't care you just can't initiate violence against them and that's enough and oh right. by the way are you against the covid regime and you're against the wars and you're against you know provo uh, provoking russia and you're against the debt and the currency destruction and the the police state and all this great that's okay you can be <laughs> free you can like an offensive joke if you want to or that cannot be your cup of tea that's also yeah. fine like that's you right. know what i mean and like <laughs> so that's like to me that spirit of freedom should be something if the lp really wants to be a badass fucking force that shakes things up and changes the world we're gonna need that and that that's uh, that requires a little bit of sacrifice from all cultural camps um sure. so and, and i think that's the best solution yeah i mean even the the hoppians that kind of do go harder even if it's joking most of the time i think it's joking against the trans rights type issue conversation, um, they're going to have to accept that too. You know, it's going to yeah. be a little bit of a compromise on both sides where it's like, yeah, you're going to have people that are in the LP that really prioritize that type of thing and, and that type of language. And you're going to have other people who um, are more in line with you where it comes to, you know, war and ending the federal reserve and central banking more broadly. And I think that that's that's really what a big tent is, you know. Yeah, and it that's doesn't... what libertarian events are like, man. That's what Ron Paul True. events used to yeah. be like. That's what that's what every fucking libertarian event I go to is. It's like there's like one like green haired chick who's like smoking weed after the thing, and then there's some guy who just came from church and dropped off his kids <laughs> with his wife, and is like there, yeah. and they're all there because they care about liberty, and like that's I think that shit's beautiful. Like that's what I want to be a part of. It's like yeah, whatever. You, we can all have our kind of different things and we could talk about that stuff sometimes like we could talk about hey this is what i this is hey this is why i kind of changed when i got married and had kids and stuff and this is what i think is worth promoting and you could talk about what you think is worth promoting all that but none of it should be like this barrier to entry right. that's kind of my view 
Yeah, if we're going to have litmus tests, let's let's have it be about ward. Let's not have it be about yes. social issues. You know, like, yeah. that, I think that that's that's a good a good rule of thumb. Um, so I wanted to ask you about your son. I know I know that he had some health issues when uh, he was born. I, I've heard that he's doing well. I just want to confirm that he's you know yeah. right as rain. Yeah. So actually, just uh, just the other day, um, like just a few days ago, he had um, uh, like a full like uh, checkup at the the pediatric cardiology uh, department. Right? They gave him like a CAT scan and uh, um, an EKG and an echocardiogram and everything. Everything came back great. And oh, that's he's incredible. Just, uh, yeah, he's doing really. He's doing great. His his development is like incredible. He's like actually ahead of all his milestones and stuff. And hell yeah, yeah, man. It's just like. It's the most amazing thing ever. It was a really, really, whew, just unbelievably hard situation, unlike anything else I've ever been through in my life. Um, but this kid, this kid's a little warrior, man, and he's he's doing great. He's a really happy little boy, um, and actually Beautiful. way way less fussy uh, than than my daughter was. <laughs> he's a way way happier little baby. So um, that's great. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you for asking. I appreciate that. But he's he's doing great. Oh, that's great. I'm I'm sure a lot of people were curious. So I. I wanted to ask, but for just for my own personal interest, I was also uh, concerned. And I, I did want to ask you if, you know, I've always wanted a boy. I've always said that, like, I want to have as many kids as it takes to get a boy. And I know that sounds really <laughs> fucked up, but like that's always what I've thought. So um, uh, you're not really at the, the age level yet where you get to see the differences and, you know, start to do different sports and roughhouse and things like that. But is it is a no notable difference already or are you looking forward to it? Well, you know, it's hard with him. I mean, my boy's like a, a five and a half months, so you don't exactly. see yeah. so much with him. But with her, I mean, she's three. I mean, she is a girl. There is no, I mean, and like no one put it in her. It's just like, I mean, right. she, you know, she demands to change her outfit if they don't, if it doesn't match. And like, she loves to play dress up and like all these, th I mean, she's like very, very girly. Um, but um, I felt the same way before I had kids. I was like, I really want to have a boy. I think yeah. part of that's also just like you're like it's like you don't really know you know what being a boy is exactly. very intimately and you don't know what being a girl is but I I will say that um after having my daughter like the second time around I was like I'd be completely fine with another girl like I'd be completely fine with oh, all girls having a little girl is just the most incredible thing I mean she's just she's a little, she's the light of my life and She's oh, got me beautiful. completely wrapped around her her <laughs> finger and and all that, but but I was real excited to have to have the boy, and I'm looking forward to kind of like all that stuff. Um, I feel a lot more pressure about having a a boy uh, oh, now that I'm actually here. I feel more like you know my my wife. I'm I'm really lucky. My wife's just like the coolest fucking chick uh, ever. And um, she's, it's not just like I'm saying this because she's my wife and I have to say it or something like everyone who knows Lauren is just like knows like she goes, she's just, she's that chick. She's like awesome. gorgeous and cool and sweet and smart and just takes care of me. She's, she's amazing. And she, and she um, follows Clint Russell on Liberty Lock, uh, on uh, Twitter. So she's got to be an amazing person. Well, and looks like we're getting a divorce. I was unaware <laughs> of this, but that's, well, thanks for blowing it. Okay. She's not perfect. <laughs> All right, she's got some. Flaws. It was, it was, well, it was after it was after I was on part of the problem last. Well, she's time, so. well, she's yeah no she loves she makes jokes about like our whole world sometimes she she I'm pays sure. attention and stuff but she'll just be you know like I'll I'll like be like oh babe I gotta go to the office I gotta get some work done she's like what well, you gotta call Reed Coverdale go ahead call, like just <laughs> fucking around and stuff she's very funny by the way too That's my awesome. um but so when I had my daughter I kind of like felt this um I kind of felt like oh man well I got her the best mom 
and she's going to be so that's going to be her role model you know she'll teach her how to be a woman and all of this and that's perfect and i just got to like you know i just got to support the family and love the shit out of her and protect her and all that and i was like okay you know i can do that and so i felt you know but with my boy i'm like oh I got to teach him how to be a man, you know? And then I'm like, well, I better get my shit together. God damn it. Like, I better figure out how to be a man real quick and then start teaching him. So I feel, in some weird way, I feel more pressure with him. But all of that might be a little bit silly and just kind of the way I'm thinking about it in my head. But but it's been great. I loved I loved having my daughter so much. And the, the sad thing, like, about being a parent, like, kind of the most tragic thing in a way is that it's like, like time is just – it goes so quick and mm. and even though you love every next phase you know it's like you know nothing's more fun than having a 1 year old nothing's more fun than having a 2 year old but then when right. you have a 2 year old you're like i don't have a 1 year old anymore you know and you look at a picture of of like i'll look at a picture of my little girl when she was 1 and i'll be like i'm never going to have her at 1 again and that's kind yeah. of sad like it's like heartbreaking even though 2 is even more fun than 1 yeah, but yeah, 1 yeah. is and then 3 is more fun than 2 and then you know but you still like feel and so it's just it's really cool to like go through all the phases again and get like a second crack at it you know as this see this is why Josh Smith is about to have a 17th kid it's addictive you're just like oh, I just want to <laughs> do it again I want to go through all of this again it's it's really great no I, I I'm sure it is I I I'm greatly looking forward to it man I think um, one, one thing I'm actually concerned about, and so I'm going to ask you about it is like, I, I am just overwhelmed with my concern for humanity and the world already. And if I had a little version of me that existed on this planet, I would be, I just don't, I don't know if I can go any harder. I don't know if I can be any more engaged, if I can care anymore. It's like, and that would definitely do yeah. it. Like it would take it to another level and I'm sure it has with you. So I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, I, I get that. And there's, there's definitely something to that, but there's a flip side to that uh, as well. So, you know, there's nothing that's the, the hardest part of uh, being a parent, even ahead of not getting sleep through the whole first year, which is I'm still in the middle of and is really challenging. Not sleeping mm-hmm. is really challenging. My, oh, I my would imagine. boy, Oh, he just had a real sleep regression and he's waking up at night all the time. Oh, it just started sleeping good. It's that's tough. But aside from that, um, but you know, whatever you fucking live. Uh, but the toughest part, um, about being a parent is the, the, that fear that you live with, like the fear that something could happen to your kids and the fear that you wouldn't be able to protect them. And that is, right. it's much, much scarier than something happening to you. In fact, it makes something happen to you look like nothing to worry about. The only thing I'm even worried about something happening to me is I'd go, who'd be there for my kids? Like that's exactly. really, you know, um, but then on the flip side of that, there's also something almost calming and liberating about it because it's almost like, well, this is like to me where, you know, like people have like the white pill, black pill debate. It's like, well, I don't ha- I have nothing to debate here. There's no option for me to be black pilled. Right. There's no option for me to not like that's just it's not an option i got kids so there's not you know what i mean like if the fucking nazis are moving in and they're at the door and they're like we have your place surrounded come out jew or whatever you know it's like i'm still not blackpilled i'm still like okay okay can we get to the attic can we get to this can we get like you fight until the very end because there's no other option Mm -hmm. so in some ways it almost like makes you worry less about that stuff and just focus that like even if there's just a one percent chance I'm still going to fight for that 1% chance or whatever it is. And and the truth is that as bad as things are today and as scary as they seem, and I'm not trying to downplay that at all, 
There's been lots of times throughout human history where things have seemed just as dark, just as scary. Um, maybe, you know, more technology involved uh, today. But um, I still... Uh, but we're here. Yeah, we're here. We made it through. And, right. And and um, at least as of now, it seemed like I could give my kids a really good life. And so that's, that's what I'm going to fight for and try my best. That's my mission in life is to give them a really good life. And so that's... That's what I'll keep fighting for because I have no other option. Well, uh, I love I love the optimism and and I'm going to stun my audience by saying that I actually mirror that you know like and I've said this before I wouldn't be fighting so hard if I didn't think there was a really good chance that we prevail in this like it I believe that there at the end of the day the vast majority of humanity whether they know it or not and apparently very few of them actually know it but they prioritize liberty and they like liberty. And they they drive towards it whether they mean to or not. It's just there is a there is a intrinsic need for it. People prefer it. They do. I know they do because when you see a civilization that has it, they flourish in ways that where they don't have it, they don't. Yeah. So so to me, that means that you know, despite the deck of cards when it comes to the government and everything else being stacked so significantly against us, um, I believe when when you know the rubber hits the road when the pavement starts to heat up like the people will come running towards um what we're what we're talking about and and i'm very i'm very hopeful for that anyways dave i want to thank you so much for the time uh everyone go subscribe to part of the problem i'm sure you already do uh follow him it's at comic dave smith on twitter anything else you'd like to tell the people no, that's it. Minneapolis uh, LP State Convention. I'll be there too. And then the uh, the Mises Caucus gig out in Texas with you. Looking forward to that. I'll be at Reno also. Um, so Me too. I don't, I don't think I'm speaking I'll be a or nothing uh, like that. But uh, yeah, so I'll be I'll be there. I'll be hanging out and everything. So uh, I'm going to watch the uh, watch in all its glory. So that should be a lot of fun. And go if, if you're not already a member, man. Go get on board with this. Like, this is the new liberty movement. This is the new Ron Paul revolution. Forget, listen, what any of those other guys who are criticizing us or making any of these fucking reasons not to, none of them have the energy that we have. None of them are doing something as special as what we are. Um, LPMesisCaucus.com. Go go there. Fill out your information. Let them know what state you're in and all that and link up with people. And I'll say this, if nothing else, even if you don't buy the value of the political, um, you know, like mission that we have here, which I really believe in and hopefully I can persuade you of. But even if you don't buy that, dude, and I know, Clint, you've been going around some of these things too. The community that the Mises Caucus has built is like an incredible thing that you got to come feel. You're going to like meet these like amazing people who are true believers, who really care about a lot of the same shit that you do. and, And I just... I really highly recommend just go there, put your information in, come out to an event when it's in your area. They're going to, even if you're not like a part of the whole thing and doing it, they're going to love you and welcome you right in. Go out, go meet some of these people, man. It's Absolutely. really, really great people. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'll, that's I'll, what I'd plug. I'll tell people, too, that I went to a Libertarian Party thing in San Diego back in like 2005. And all the people there, were they were fine. They weren't my people. Let me yeah. tell you, when I go now, it's my people. Like yeah. you walk in there everyone's everyone's nice they're smiling we're all joking we're all having you know deep intellectual conversations and then it's just like libertarian twitter it's like you you have the shit posting conversations (laughs) and you have really but everyone loves each other but the difference is like everyone loves that that's the difference beautiful you know yeah that's the difference is that all the people that hate my guts online when i see them in person they're either quiet or they're cordial and and i think that you'll you'll discover the same um but most importantly 
just get involved. You know, I, I really, I really believe that like it's this is our time. And if you if you were part, if you were awakened by Ron Paul and the revolution of 15, 10 years ago, whatever it was, um, don't let it die, man. Like you you have this opportunity and it's and it's so it's so special that that I get to be a part of it. Just speaking for myself, it is so special to me that I get to feel as if I am a part of this. And and I only started two years ago. So like if you want to be a part of this, you can fucking do it. Yeah. Like you can absolutely be a part of it. I'm going, I'm I'm doing four live conventions speaking gigs half an hour speeches and i'm not a public speaker i don't know what i'm doing uh, so so you know get involved um and and allow it to fuel you because it, it really i'm telling you it's 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 the time of my life it's the thrill of my life so i hope people will hell yeah brother new narrative guy clint russell i love it <laughs> i'm the i'm the marketing guru anyways uh thank you so much dave it was a blast as always yeah dude uh really enjoyed it as always thank you my brother uh, everybody go to toplobster.com, pick up the new shirts. We got some killer new designs from from Top. He is uh, just constantly producing some of the best art out there. I I didn't do my laundry, so I uh, I didn't wear it tonight. But everybody follow uh, Dave at Comic Dave Smith and subscribe to Part of the Problem. And last but not least, I want to thank the sponsor for tonight's episode. That is the Daily Job Hunt. If you are in a position where your job is not going the trajectory that you had hoped for, or if your bodily autonomy was threatened by them, but then they lifted it just at the last second. Fuck those people, man. Fuck them. Get a better job. <laughs> just because they were they were about to treat you like a slave, to treat you like they like you were their property. Well, now you have options. Go to crash.co forward slash daily. Sign up for the daily job hunt. It's a free email that hits your inbox every morning. Gives you some information on how to be a better job applicant, how to get that job of your dreams. It's time, folks. It's time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We had hundreds of people that watched this live, which is really cool. And uh, if you want to support the show and support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. Become a supporting member. I will be doing an AMA in a few weeks, actually, uh, where I answer all your questions. You can come on stream with me, and it's, uh, it's cheap. It's fun. You'll love it. All right, guys. Catch you next time. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin' A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot 
must be air July Screaming in the mic, I rip a 59 Miles to race, show that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war, but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus is scared of, we'll come and it'll go The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe